1: So, pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Hello, and welcome to Culture Check, a Tailgate Society podcast. Please check the dot and subscribe to Tailgate Society Podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm on the woods. I'm joined as always. Emily Cornell, Emily, what's going on?
0: You know, just living my best life, hoping that the Denver Nuggets can beat the Lakers in the current series.
1: I haven't watched that. I, I mean, I watched Game One, and let me. I'm gonna go check right now what the score is. Do you have the game on?
0: What's the score um, right now? The score when I last saw was pretty close. Hold on, just a sec. But it they're keeping up, so it's 84 oh, it's just, to 86. The yeah, Lakers two point game right now. Yeah, and there's. Um, Eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. So by the time we finish this, I will either be very happy or, you know, not super surprised and kind of (laughs) sad.
1: It's pretty cool from our perspective. You know, I went to Iowa State Mm -hmm. and an Iowa State player is guaranteed to be represented in the NBA finals because the Lakers have Taylor Horton Tucker. And Denver has Monte Morris. Monte obviously would be a bigger deal. He's a, a solid part of that rotation. He's an important piece of Denver's rotation. So mm-hmm. if 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 Denver makes it, he will play certainly more than, than THT would if LA makes it. But we're going to keep our eye on that one because, you know, two goats in that series. And by two goats, I mean two ISU plays.
0: You know, see it, you have to cheer for the people that went to your alma mater. Like Larry exactly. Nance Jr. is who I, like, I'm not really a Cavaliers fan, but, like, I will cheer for them because Larry Nance Jr.
1: Did he go to Wyoming? He sure did. I did not know that. Wow. Hmm? Learned something new every day. I just know he's a tall ice can dude who can jump really high. <laughs> Shout out to Larry Nance Jr.
0: <laughs> that pretty much sums him up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, a great episode today. Or this morning or tonight or whenever you're listening to this podcast. It's going to be a good one. We are doing albums that we listened to in high school or albums, I should say, more specifically from the time that we were in high school. So I was in high school from fall of 2003 to spring of 2007. Shout out to Hoover High, class of 07. Emily, what years were you in high school?
0: I was in high school fall of 2007 until spring of 2011.
1: So you were coming in right as I was going out. Yep. Amazing. Look at the, just not quite overlap, but that's, that's why I enjoy doing this because it's, it's close enough where, you know, there's, we're probably listening to a lot of the same stuff, but yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to talk about this with you. Um, I have a theory about high school music. I want to run it by you. Okay. See what your thoughts are. So to me, I feel like the music that you're listening to in high school is the music that you have the most emotional attachment to. And I think that is because by the time you're 15, 16, 17, you you have a pretty solid sense of what you like and what you don't like. Mm -hmm. And I think that as you get a little older than that, there's more, it's more of you just adding on to stuff that you like. I think that there's, I mean, obviously as you get older, there's some stuff that you used to like that you probably don't need more. But I think that it's mostly just adding on to the type of music that you like, and so when you, it's it's just really formative. I feel like high school is a really formative time for you as a music listener, and so that's why I was excited to do this episode uh, with you and kind of talk about that. Would you would you kind of agree with that? What are, what are your thoughts on that? And were you the the albums before we named them the albums that you picked for this episode? Were you listening to those albums a lot in high school, or was it just you picking? albums or or big albums from 07 through
0: 11. Um I think it's a little bit of a combination. Um these were albums that I listened to songs off of them in high school and really enjoyed them. I think in high school I was definitely trying to figure out what I liked, what was no longer other people being like, "Hey, listen to this." Like one of my good friends was always like, "Hey, listen to this band, listen to this band." So I listened to like a lot of the offspring and some 41 and music. I enjoy, I do enjoy these bands. Um, but when we get to like one of the albums specifically, it like very much is in the genre that I listen to, like the most types of type of music, just because it's like, Oh yeah, I just want to listen to this and like, just be happy. And, um and so I think that's there, but I do agree. Like a lot of, like in high school, you you decide a lot of things about your music taste and like what you're going to listen to. And um, I think it helped that when we were in high school, we had access to so much music. Like we could listen to everything. It's not that we like got boxed into one genre. Um, I mean, people did, like I definitely knew people in high school who like only listened to country music or only listened to like Christian music. And Uh, well, that's fine. I do think that, like, high school is the time to be like, oh, yeah, like, someone else, like, some musician is out here singing about something that, like, relates to how you're feeling, and I know some people may not feel that way about music, but, like, absolutely, there are songs I'm like, ah, I just, like, want to sit and cry when I hear this, or, like, it just makes me feel a certain way, and especially songs that were big when I was in high school, or not necessarily big, but, like, ones that I could listen to on repeat because I was like this is how I feel (laughs) I cannot verbalize it right now but this is how I feel
1: so you articulated something just now that I think that I was trying to get at but you put it in a way that like you expressed it in a way that I that I wanted to but I couldn't I think which is I think that you're very people are in I'm I'm generalizing here now but I think that a lot of kids are just really emotive when they're in high school it's when Mm -hmm. they're if they're not dealing with their emotions, they're at least feeling something or they're aware that they're feeling something and they might not know how to process it or they might not know how to kind of come to grips with what they're feeling and it might be confusing to them, but you know that you're feeling something. Mm -hmm. If it's hormones, if it's whatever it is, you know, biologically, psychologically, you know that you're you're feeling a lot more than you used to once you get to high school, once you hit that age. And part of it has to do with um, growing older but also the environment that you're in and, and various other factors. So I think that the music that you listen to is kind of, um, you know, you're kind of channeling your emotions through the, through the music that you're listening to or you're trying to contextualize contextualize your emotions maybe through the music that you're listening to or, you know, it's just the music becomes an extension of how you're feeling, I think. And I think that your point about that is just really spot on. And that's, I think, what I was trying to get at. And the second thing, The second good point that you made is about the access of music. Like how much more was at our fingertips? And it made me think about, so my senior year of high school, this would have been spring of 07, I took computer apps and computer apps class was just, you know, you're learning how to use Microsoft Word, you're learning how to use PowerPoint, you're learning how to use um, Adobe PDF, like that type of stuff. And so I would, I took that second semester because I dropped pre-calc because I'm not good at math because I'm not intelligent. And so I took computer apps and I would, we had like a workbook that we would do. And so I would get done with my work as quick as possible so that the last half hour of class, I would look up mixtapes on a website called DatPiff, D-A-T-P-I-F-F, DatPiff. Some of you listening might be aware of that. Have you heard of DatPiff before?
0: I don't even know what that is, but I'm so intrigued.
1: So it was. A, it's just. It was a site that you would go to, and you they would have mixtapes that would be streaming. Mixtapes from like Lil Wayne. Obviously, he was like a legendary figure at that time in terms of mixtape. His, his mixtapes. His output was just. You know, I didn't pick a. a I, I thought about picking a, a Wayne mixtape for high school. which would have kind of been cheating because it's not an album, but like <laughs> between his run from like 2006 through like 0809 he was just on a lot of songs he was featured on a lot of songs and he was putting out a lot of mixtapes and that was like his genius era where he was just like some of his lines you'd be like how would you even think of that in a good way now you you hear him and you're like how would you think of that like in a bad way because he's kind of smoked himself into oblivion but back then he was incredible and so I would uh, just I would get done with my work early and I would like look up mixtapes to listen to and you know you just had all of this. This is kind of like early iTunes days. Maybe I never had iTunes. I got my first m p three player back then, and there's just a lot of music available at your fingertips the, like as at more than ever, and there are people who were just searching for what was new. And then there were people who were like going back into the archives and like, I know a lot of people started listening to the Beatles when they're in high school, mm-hmm. uh, when I was in high school. So it was, it was just, it was an in, incredible time. What we just generally, just, I guess, what was your, what was your high school experience like? Like what do you remember from high school? Did you have a, a positive experience? I know that there are positives and there are negatives, but like, what do you look at, at that time in your life fondly? Or what do you think about when you, when you think about your high school experience?
0: Um, I think I think pretty positive about it probably because like a lot of my good friends to this day, like were people I met in high school. Um, I also went to a really small high school for Colorado Springs. Like it was a charter school. Like my first year of high school was the first year of the school. We have a lot of freedom. Um, so it was like a very abnormal high school experience. Um, which was good. It was, um, I think it's important, especially for like the different types of people that were at that school to kind of had, had have that experience of just like, oh, you can take classes at your own pace. And like, if you want to go to like the, in Colorado Springs, there's the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs. If you want to take classes there, you can go do that. Um, and it counts as your high school, like dual credit. So it was it was good. Um, and I think because there were kids from like all over the city that came in, it was good to just be exposed to a lot of different people. Um, and then I had even more people giving me like music recommendations, um, because I feel like that's kind of the currency you have in high school. Um, a lot of kids and especially at a school, like we didn't have sports, um, We didn't have band. We didn't have, like, any extracurricular, like, if you wanted to do those things, you had to go to a different school to do them. Like, I went to the school in my district, like, where my parents live, and played sports there, but, like, we just didn't have all those other things, so, like, we would talk about, like, we had music, and that would be a thing that would connect us um, as, like, high school students, so I think about that, and I, like, have pretty good memories of that because I'm like oh I learned so much from so many different people um what was your high school experience like
1: well it sounds like it was pretty different from yours which is interesting just by the nature of the type of school yes (laughs) I was I I was I mean when you say small school like how many people did you graduate with
0: um my graduating class was like a hundred people I think my first year of school there were 400-ish students and there were 20 people in the graduating class of 2008 and I think I knew like we everyone knew everyone like you wouldn't necessarily be friends with everyone but like everyone knew everyone so it was uh it was very small and a lot of the kids that went there had done so Colorado Springs very for folks who don't know (laughs) it's a very uh conservative city and very Christian. So a lot of, a lot of people are homeschooled and they would all do like Christian homeschool groups. So a lot of people knew each other through that. Um, so yeah, it was very, everyone was very well connected.
1: So I went to a public high school in Des Moines, one of the smaller high schools. I asked because you say that your high school is small. Mine was also small, but like okay. relatively speaking. So I was Hoover was either the smallest or second smallest high school. There were four high schools, I think: Hoover East, Roosevelt, North Lincoln. So five high schools, and my graduating class was about two hundred and forty. Okay. So you know, small comparative to like a Lincoln where you're you're talking like six or seven hundred, or
0: oh wow, yeah,
1: um, or even sometimes more in the suburb schools. Well, more like five or six hundred for Lincoln and the suburb schools are you're looking more at like six or seven hundred. But yeah, it was it was a diverse school. It was, I mean, diverse as 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 Iowa can be. But Des Moines is one of the more diverse cities in the state. So um, it was diverse high school and it was small in the sense that, I mean, basically everyone knew everyone, everyone else. And you had like your typical like high school cliques and everything like that. But I look back at that time. Now fondly, certainly like the only thing that I cared about back then was hanging out with my friends. Like that was it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really interested in, I didn't get into a lot of trouble in high school just because I wasn't really interested in it. It wasn't like I was this perfect or, you know, um, goody, goody type dude. I just didn't care. Like the only thing I didn't care about like partying, I didn't care about drinking. I didn't care about doing drugs. I didn't, I didn't care about, getting in trouble at all or doing like the literally the only thing I cared about was like going to my friend's house after school and playing video games or playing ball or going to the movies or whatever it was like all I cared about was hanging out with my friends Mm -hmm. and when you talk about music as currency like that certainly was something that we did like we were always putting each other on putting each other on to different artists usually rap we were really really heavy into rap back then uh, as far as what we were listening to regularly, but me, I wasn't band. Uh, we had band in my school, and I was I played. I was in the percussion section in my band, and so I was used to like different styles of music. I think I might have talked about that in the last episode. I can't remember, but I for the 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 two albums I picked for this episode. I is I I wasn't trying to be like I'm gonna pick a random album from '03 to '07 or, or popular albums that I was, that I want to engage with the time period. Like I picked two albums that I listened to a lot in mm-hmm. high school. Probably the two albums I listened to the most in high school. These are the the oh, wow. two albums that I have the the deepest personal connection to. One of them is my favorite album ever made, um, because I just felt like it was made for me the first time I listened to it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and. So think just my broader high school experience tying it back to music I guess I was I I cared a lot about music at that time I still do but at that time when I was playing music every day I was more immersed in like music culture and so I was very um passionate about what I liked and getting other people to like what I liked I guess so it's a, it's a, you know, some people have great memories of high school. Some people have shitty memories. I think that most people have a combination of the two, but overall I look back at that time as, as a positive time in my life overall. And certainly I can relate to you because most of my friends I made in high school and the the friends that I have now that I communicate the most with now are people that I was kicking it with hard back in high school. So uh, let's talk about our albums, I guess. So, you picked two albums from 07 through 11. You picked Lungs by Florence and the Machine, which came out in 2009. Mm-hmm. And you picked Loud by Rihanna, which came out in 2010. And then I picked B by Common, which was released in 2005. And Back to Black by Amy Winehouse, which came out in 2006. So mine came out my sophomore and junior years of high school. Um, why did you pick? Uh, let's talk about lungs first. Why did you pick that album?
0: I love Florence and the Machine, and so I I listened to a lot of music like that, like a lot of the alternative indie whatever. Um, and I think it it definitely started in high school where I'm like, oh right, I can listen to bands like this. Like no one is gonna stop this. Like my parents at that point had given up on being like here's some influence on your music. They did not like listening to the music I listened to. Like when we would drive and I was trying to get my driver's license, they're like, turn that shit off. Um, but I, I don't know. That like, that's an album that is very much from a time when I was young. I mean, still young, but like younger and like a lot of music that I've since like gravitated towards is very similar. Um, and I man I love that album. <laughs> and Loud I picked because um I love Rihanna and I'm like man like she hasn't put anything out recently but like all right so what was what and I then looked this album up and I was like right I remember when this album came out um there was my senior year of high school and I You know, I've like talked about how I look up lyrics to some songs. Sometimes mm-hmm. I just like any pop song that I'm like, oh, this is just like on the radio. It's fine. I'm just like, oh, like this is. I'm not gonna look at the lyrics to this. Like, it's not speaking to my soul. What a shock that the song S and M didn't speak to my soul <laughs> at 17. Like, what a shock. So, I didn't think anything of this song for actual months. And then my soccer team, um, we ended up moving into like a stadium to play so our coach was like you guys can put together um like a warm-up playlist but you will not put the song s&m on it and i'm like what what song is this like why can't we listen to this song um and someone was like oh well, like it's inappropriate i'm like it's on the radio what do you mean it's inappropriate <laughs> <laughs> so then i went home and asked my mom about it um I was like, mom, like this song, I guess it's called S and M and like we can't listen to it. I just don't understand. I think I'm gonna Google it. And she's like, Don't do it. And I'm like, No, it's fine. And I learned so much sitting next to my mom. And um that like is another big I that a lot of the songs off this album, very big. That song, I will never forget that song. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally never. Um, and that yeah. was when I think I learned about sex. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a song to oh, learn about sex from.
0: I know. S&M, what a song. Ooh. Ooh. Um, yeah, not a, the best reason to pick this album, but, I, but like that album was just so big.
1: So. It was, that was a huge album. Um, I want to, let's talk about that album and then we'll, we'll go back to lungs because okay. again, so like these are two albums and especially loud, but I mean, they both came out when I was in college. Yes. And so, you know, in college you party a lot and I went to a lot of parties yes. and there are songs like when we do the college episode, next episode, I might, I mean, I'm I'm certainly going to, my relationship to music changed when I was in college.
0: Yeah, and
1: a lot of songs that I remember from college, I remember just being played at parties a lot,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and at bars. And I didn't go to a lot of bars until late college. But this is like "Loud" is just like a quintessential like college like bar album to me. Yeah, like, this is this is an album where I w- I want to talk about Rihanna for a second uh, because my I used to not like Rihanna when the- she first came out. I remember.
0: You didn't like Ponder Replay?
1: I didn't. So Ponder Replay was her first one. And, you know, I remember that. That was probably when I was in high school, maybe, whenever that song came out. And I was just like, uh, I'm not a big Rihanna person. And, you know, she started stops. dating. So, she, so she, she started dating Chris Brown. And then
0: yeah.
1: um, they were like the the it couple and everything like that. And then, he, you know, you was he went Chris Brown he went asshole and um assaulted her and that was a big thing and it was right around the Grammys and um she uh, you know to me Rihanna was just she was the you know she was a popular singer right Mm -hmm. and I remember you know I just wasn't really I just wasn't really a fan and then Rated R dropped and I was like wait a minute yeah You know, uh, Rated R was just like I was like these, wow, like these are bangers,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: bangers on 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 Rated R specifically. Hard, like that is just an that's maybe my favorite Rihanna song. Um, I love that song, and that's when I started to really kind of become more of a fan of hers. And like Loud to me is just like this is the type of album, and there's a there's a there's a history of this, I think, with, with people of, that, of her stature, where you, you drop an album like Rated R and it's a hit, and there's a lot of hits on the, on the, on the album, and it's, you, you know, you're getting a lot of radio play, and you're getting the videos are on MTV and VH1 and BET all the time, and then there's this moment where it's like you and your manager and your team or whoever it is, the record label is like, okay, now we're going to take it to the next level. Now we're going to, you know, there's a moment here, you have an opportunity to to elevate yourself. I think about, you know, last episode, we talked about 8701, and then you have confessions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's, that's kind of like what this is to me, like you have rated R, and it's a big hit. And now it's like, now you're going to be everywhere. Now you're going to be ubiquitous. Now you're going to be the number one pop star. And that's what Loud is to me. Loud is like, she becomes, it's more than just, you know, and not to this isn't a slight, but like she's doing dance hall type music and reggae type music with like Ponder replay and stuff. I and mean, she's from Trinidad, you know, she's, or I think or Barbados. Barbados but yeah, Barbados. And so of course, and that's that influences on this album as well. And I love that. That's great. But now it's just like, okay, now I'm about now you're going to be the biggest pop star on the planet. And that's what loud is. And it's just, you know, songs like I had forgotten about Cheers, the, the, mm-hmm. that song. And when I heard that song on listening to the album, I was just like, well, I just remember this moment. And that being at every bar and, you know, it's these, this is the album where it's like, the songs are everywhere. Only Girl, What's My Name, mm-hmm. S&M. Like, these are just, this is, you know, it's the beginning of the decade. And it's one of the top pop albums from that decade. And she becomes like, one of the big, you know, top two, three biggest acts in music full stop. So that's what I thought about with, with Loud.
0: Like fair. She, and then I felt like she was on that, the ride, like, I mean, obviously she was like there, she had shown up, everyone liked her music, but like, even after Loud, when she was like, oh, by the way, I'm going to do like a makeup line. I'm going to do like a lingerie line. Just like, oh, she just doesn't stop.
1: She does not, and so the last one she had, I guess Auntie was her last record, and you know, mm-hmm. for people who are for real for real fans of hers, who are uh, in the Navy, as it were, um, you know, they're still waiting on the next album, and I think that she's, you know, she's kind of like, I'm good. Maybe I'll make another one, maybe I won't, but I've got makeup, I've got a pair, I think she does, I think she does clothing too, right? I think Fenty is also clothing.
0: She... I don't know if it's like all clothing. Maybe it is now. Oh, because she's made deals with like other like retailers too to like be part of their brand. Yeah, and she is a businesswoman. She is out here crushing it, and it's no longer like I think the music was like a it was a starting point, and she For was sure. very good. Like her her music is great, and then she was like, you know, I can't just like tear apart these structures making this music no I'm going to be the person in control at the top so love that yeah
1: I think that I think that what frustrates her fans is that they wanted her to stay just in the music lane they wanted her to be like Beyonce or or Madonna or whoever who just you know every three years you put out a record that sells 80 million copies or whatever it is and yeah. she have she she had the ability to do that but she didn't want to do that you know she wanted to like you said she wanted to be a businesswoman she wanted to have control of her line and and um you know that's where her passion is right now if it's you know it's it's doing makeup it's doing clothing it's you know it's she's a CEO now so yeah. maybe she I w- I would certainly like another album um Maybe she will. If she doesn't, you know, cool, that's her lane. And I know that if she doesn't, that'll, that'll make a lot of her her diehard fans sad. But shout out to Rihanna. Um, yeah, so so the Florence and the Machine album, I just for, for that one, I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, this. was It was the first time that I listened to the album and okay. the only song that I recognized, I think, was the first song. But I remember, again, this is college for me, and I remember Florence and the Machine becoming a big deal. And it yes. seemed to me like it was almost like overnight. I remember them being on SNL and you know, I remember the lead singer, Florence, what is her last name? Florence... Um, uh, I don't even know. I was hmm. going to say Florence Pugh, and I'm like, no. Florence Welch. Florence yes. Pugh's an actress. Yes. Florence Welch, so she's she just had the unique voice, you know, she just, I remember her voice being so unique and being so powerful. And again, like I said, like they were on SNL and it was just, I think that when a young musical act, especially from overseas,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: SNL kind of cements you when you're, when you're the musical guest on there and it kind of validates you a little bit for American audiences. Mm -hmm. And so I remember just the I don't remember like the album specifically, but I remember the band being a big deal, and it kind of you know I just woke up one day, and all of a sudden they're like one of the hottest acts in music and for this album, like the word that I always came back to when I was listening to this this week was just haunting, like there's just a lot of songs on here that are really haunting and really it's it's super like melodic and it's super it's super it's just you it's like dreamlike almost Mm -hmm. it's like I'm struggling to like define it because it's so like it's almost like ephemeral it's just sort of it's hard to kind of grasp the type of the type of words you want to use to describe it but it's very haunting it's very dreamy and it's different than a lot of the music that I was listening to at the time but listening to it now it's it, it made me very appreciative of the type of music that it is what were you what did you think of when you re-listened to
0: it um I was just like this album is very good um there are a couple songs that like in my normal music rotation I listen to but listening to the album fully this last week I was like man like this is a really good (laughs) album um like when we get to You know, our categories of best song, worst song, I, like, struggle with, like, what the worst song is because I'm, like, this, for someone who likes this type of music, I should say, like, if you don't like Florence and the Machine, I get that it is not everyone's cup of tea, but, like, the lyrics are great, the, um, like, instrumentals are just so, like, like you said, they're, like, very dreamlike, and it's just... um, you can feel it in your soul. <laughs> I and mean, and maybe not everyone feels that way listening to it. That is very much a how I feel. I'm like, oh, it's like listening to a hosier album. I'm like, oh my goodness, like just keep playing this. Like it the whole is very good. It's not just that I'm like, oh, I like that. I like her voice. It's I like her voice. I like her like I like the lyrics. I like what's going on with the music. Like it just it is great it was a very good experience
1: i like the the hosier comparison that you make that's good i hadn't thought of that but i agree and i'm not as i'm not super familiar with with him but i've i've heard some of his songs and it's very it's almost like going back to what we were talking about, about about it being haunting and stuff mm-hmm. like that it's almost like it almost has like a religious quality to it kind of like um uh, ceremonial and just you you feel like like when you say like you feel it in your soul like that's kind of what I, what I mean when I say that like it's kind of this like religious sort of super um it super emotional like it's just yes. really em- emotional type music and yes. um like I agree with you that it's not for everyone and it's not the type of music that I listen to regularly but I think that the fact that I don't listen to it regularly makes me have a different type of appreciation for it now because it's so like it's so wildly different than what's in my usual rotation. But I really, I like the, I like the differences between, or I like the fact how, of how different this is than what I usually listen to. So I think I liked it. I, I really enjoy listening to this album.
0: I was, I was definitely worried as I was listening. I'm like, I wonder what Arnold thinks listening to this album. Like if he's like, ah, this is music. I can see that it's music, (laughs) but like, what's, what is happening? Um, so for
1: me, it's it, it's more like I'm just trying to understand it more because I feel like people who, there are people who speak this language and I don't really speak this language, but I appreciate it for what it is, I guess.
0: That's like, I think that that's the minimum that any, like, I would hope any musicians like, yeah, like, if it's not for, like, the music's not for you, but you can appreciate, like, what's going into it, like, that's fine. I don't know. This is me not being a musician. It's me being like a, everyone can have their own tastes, but still like understand that like these different types of music do have um, their own art to it. For sure.
1: For sure. And I think that as a musician, I do. I definitely, I appreciate the musicianship of it. I, I appreciate the production of it and, you know, what goes into making it sound the way it sounds and, all that type of stuff. So I, I, it's the type of music that I appreciate if I don't fully, um, I'm not going to say enjoy it because I do enjoy it, but if it's not something that I'm like specifically drawn to, I guess, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And I, again, like I get that. It's, you, you expect to hear this kind of music at like, I'm not a college bar or really like any loud bar. Like it's definitely a, like maybe a dive bar. I yeah being played there
1: <laughs> with like seven people and like four of them at their bar and for sure yes Now, oh, remember bars remember that
0: uh i miss them so much but not enough <laughs> to go to one because i like nope. being alive um what me so talking about back to black and b let's talk about mm-hmm. back to black first sure since b is like your favorite album it is so um what like made you want to pick back to black like it is another very solid album like Amy Winehouse is phenomenal it's like a very well done album but like what when you were listening to this in high school like what was the difference between listening in high school and listening now
1: It's weird um I would just, I reflect on how much time has passed and how, you know, listening to both of these albums, it's just, it's kind of weird because both of these albums were in my car so much, my car at the time. And, you know, now I'm listening to it in my car, like a test to my phone versus the CD and the CD player. And now I'm in an SUV with two um, child seats in the back versus my, you know, trash cars that I had in high school. Um. Yeah, I so back to black is one of my favorite albums. These two albums both are like two of my favorites. B is my absolute favorite, like we said. But this is back to back to black is also one of my favorites. And I remember reading Entertainment Weekly. I read a review of Back to Black and Entertainment Weekly, and I I read Entertainment Weekly religiously back then. Last year it changed to now. Uh, you know now the magazine is monthly, even though it's still called Entertainment Weekly, but it came out every week and we had a subscription and I read all the movie reviews and TV reviews. Entertainment Weekly is really what made me become more of a movie lover specifically, but I would also read the music reviews and they had, you know, whatever issue it was, their first review was of Back to Black and it was talking about how great it was and how it was like kind of this throwback album to like the girl groups of the 60s and, you know, the Supremes and the Shangri-Las and that type of music and I was like okay yeah like motown type music so I was like sure I'll listen to it and I bought it and it just it blew me away and I gave it to my dad I burned a copy from my dad and he loved it um burning CDs if you remember that some of our younger <laughs> listeners might not know what that what not that is a little
0: bit but they don't
1: um but yeah so I I bought the album and I was just it blew me away and her voice, like, she just, her, she has this, like, this alto voice that's so, like, clear and so unique. And, you know, she was the one, she really put on a lot of people. Like, it's there's no Duffy without Amy Winehouse. There's no Adele without Amy Winehouse. She's True. kind of, she kind of paved the way for this new wave of, like, um, you know, white English soul singers. Joss Stone uh, of that era as well. I know I'm forgetting a lot of people, but like she's she was kind of she was at the center of that. And she kind of started that this new wave. And it's difficult for me to talk about her or think about her in a lot of ways now because she died so young. She died when she was 27. And, you know, it was documented at the time that she had drinking issues. And the first song of the album is Rehab. And that was the song that really got her. that was a really popular song in America. Amy Winehouse is British, by the way. I know that, you know, I that was hinted at, but she's, you know, she was from London and she had the unique look. She had the big beehive hairstyle and stuff. And, you know, she was in the tabloids a lot as this, you know, popular singer who had substance abuse issues. And there was a lot of fodder about her in the tabloids. And there's a lot of jokes made about her. Like we make about celebrities who have issues or whatever. And I'm not, you know, immune to that I'm not saying that I've never participated in that before but with her I never did because I was such a fan of her music and I was hoping that she would be able to overcome some of those demons that she had she had you know it was more from from my knowledge my limited knowledge of of reading back then it was more drinking than it was um hard drugs although I believe that she was into that too but she you know uh, I think that she died from alcohol poisoning and I remember hearing about it and just being really sad, really, really sad. And I was, hope you know, this is her second album. Her first album was called Frank. And I, I, I believe that she only made the two albums and that was it. And she died really young. And so that was really sad, but um, I just, I love the album. I love all the songs You talk about having a hard time picking a worse song. Like, this one is impossible. Like, there are no bad yes. songs in this album. Like, I aren't. agree.
0: I agree with that. And, think, like,
1: yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead.
0: Well, I I think that for three out of four of the albums this week, I would say it was hard to pick a worse song. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's for me, like, for even B. So, B is my favorite album, but like, B has bad songs on it. There's like two songs on B that I'm just like, I'm not a fan of. But like, on Back to Black, there are no bad songs. So I just picked a song that I just like don't listen to as much as the other songs. <laughs> but I, I mean, all of the songs on this album are good. So um, love Amy Winehouse. What did you think of when you were listening to this album?
0: Um, I re- thought of when, cause I remember when the song rehab came out and again, most songs, if they came out before I was in high school or early years of high school, like I probably saw the music video of it before I heard it like on the radio which now I can't even imagine hearing a song from a music video before hearing it at any other point in life um so that's just like one really weird thing about how we've like kind of changed how we're taking in music but um I I remember watching the rehab music video I remember just being like wow like I like this this is not what I would typically listen to but I really liked the sound of her voice and just like didn't love the lyrics but like that's just life um but just like the overall sound I'm like this is great like she is very talented um and so it was a definite bummer when she had like died because of alcohol poisoning because she's just like so talented and um i agree like it was when we do talk about like the worst song like why i picked what i picked was just because i'm like uh this seems like what i would like what i would listen to the least because the rest of the album is so good
1: yeah yeah i agree i read some stuff i'm reading an interview with Questlove from the roots who I forgot to talk about last episode, but he did a lot of production and played a lot of drums on Mama's Gun, which oh, we talked okay. about last week. But he he didn't play it all on this album, but he had talked about how before she died, like she wanted him to go on tour with her, and they wanted to like form their own like little side band and stuff like that and just stuff like that. So these like unfulfilled promises that, you know, never came to fruition because she was taken so soon. So it's just tough but I'm glad that we have a chance to talk about this album because it's an album that I love.
0: And it's just a, an, an album that like everyone should listen to.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Please listen to it. If you've never heard um, back to black, it's amazing. Um, but let's talk about B.
0: Yes. So this was the only one I had heard no music off of before. Okay. Like, like every single, I would say like most songs I was familiar with from lungs loud and back to Black." B. Not even a little bit. I'd never listened to a single Common song um, until listening to this. Um, I saw him speak at CU Boulder a couple of years ago and he was incredible. I was like, mm-hmm. oh man, like Common's dope. But like, I feel like I've mostly seen him in like a speaker and like activist role in my life. Not as, um, even though I know he is an actor and he's a musician, but neither of those really came into the circle of pop culture. I consume what a shock from someone who likes to listen to Florence and the machine. <laughs> well,
1: I'm glad you talked about that. Cause I was going to ask you like, what your relationship to him was like, if you had heard any of his music before. And I think that a lot of people, especially younger people, certainly younger than either of us would know him more from that. Like he got him and John Legend got the Oscar a couple years ago for glory for this the mm-hmm. song off of Selma. But he does, I think that he's known more now for his acting and his activist work than he is as a, as a rapper. And, you know, I remember him, he's not someone that I listened to a lot when I was younger, like in the nineties or anything, but I was aware of who he was. And this kind of leads into the story. I have to tell the story about when I first heard the album and I'll be brief about this because I could talk about this album Mm -hmm. for another hour and a half, but. I was at school, and one of my best friends, my friend Carter, who lives in Kansas City now, has nothing to do with this story, but, you know, I don't know. I had to throw that in there. Um, We were in the hallway at school, and he comes up to me, and he's like, I got something for you. Like, I got something for you to listen to. And I'm like, what is it? And he's like, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I just, I, you got, you have to listen to it. Like, this is I, like, I got one. And I was like, all right. So we, after school, we go to his house and he puts the CD on and we go to his parents' basement. And he had, they had like, you know, the stereo system set up back when you would hook up stereo systems to CD players. <laughs> and, you know, it's 2005, y'all just yeah. you know, yeah. painting the picture. And so he, he puts the, he puts the CD in. He doesn't tell me who it who it is. He doesn't tell me what type of music it is. He just puts it on and I hear the bass line and I hear the, you know, Doon, doom, boom, ba, doom, doom, boom, ba, doom, ba, doom. I wanna be as free as the spirits of those who left. I'm talking Malcolm, Coltrane, my man Youssef. And I'm like, is that common? He's like, yeah. And we listen to the entire album and I bought the album or he burned it for me. I can't remember which, but that album did not leave my CD player in my car for months six months easy it was the only thing i listened to and one of the reasons why i wanted to talk about high school music and the feeling that you get from it is because when i listened to this album i felt like it was made for me specifically and i think that a lot of people whose favorite album is from when they're in high school it this it kind of speaks to them in this way. Like I felt, I felt like the people who produced this album, which was mostly Kanye West, who I did not want to talk about, but it's impossible to talk about this album without talking about Kanye's influence because he produced most of the album, and in my opinion, it's the best album he's ever produced. But it's him, and then it's Jay Dilla, who I could talk about for for hours and hours. Jay Dilla is the best hip hop producer of all time, in my opinion. And Kanye spent most of his career trying to impersonate Jay Dilla. And that's something that we can talk about on another podcast for another time. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's just, it's like someone knew my musical sensibilities. They knew what types of samples I like. They knew that I enjoyed hip hop and that I enjoyed jazz and that I enjoyed soul music and the fusion of these. And, you know, this is an album that's kind of birthed out of the Tribe Called Quest tradition. Because early in the 90s, they had, they had done that as well. But, you know, I'm 16 years old and it's like someone had been like, This is for you. This is for you specifically. Here's this album. And I just, I loved it. I loved almost every song, but like the songs that I, that I did love, I just, they were incredible. And I'm excited to talk about the categories so we can talk about the songs a little bit more specifically, but just the entire vibe of the album, the lyrics, the production. Um, it's a short album, which I like short albums. I like, you know, I gets the point, you know, that's the type of music listener I am. And I just loved it. And I talked about it with everyone that I could. And this is my album. This is my favorite album ever. I love it. So.
0: It's a good album. Like. I really enjoyed, like, like you said, the the rap and the soul just like it is very good it will be thrown into the regular rotation of music
1: i'm so glad to hear you say that
0: yeah it was i enjoyed it a lot um i had no expectations going into listening to it but like my dad likes common so i'm like well all right so it'll be good i i trust that like for the most part my dad has pretty good taste in music so i'm like all right Common. Um, but I like, I think I was just like, you know, going to the grocery store and I'd listen to it in the car. And then um, like, I drove to Houston to stay with some friends and I was like, man, this is just like, so, so good. But I also need to probably turn this down and stop. Speeding.
1: <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's such, um. I think just real quick too, about Common in his career. I think that he was coming off, he was coming off an album called like, uh, not like Water for Chocolate. Like Water for Chocolate is like what, one of his like classic albums or whatever, one that he's known for. But he did an album called Electric Circus, which was I think if that had been released ten years after it was, then people would have loved it. It would have been called like avant-garde. It would have been called like so forward-thinking. But at the t- it was it's it was there's a, like a heavy rock influence on that album, and mm. um, it's just people weren't really. It, it was ahead of its time. And so it was considered like a critical bomb for him. And so he comes back with B and he kind of, you know, he's from Chicago, Kanye's from Chicago, and Kanye had kind of burst on the scene in 2004 with his album. And obviously he produced a lot of stuff for Jay-Z and stuff. So he kind of, he connects with Kanye and he connects with Jay Dilla and they produce B and it's, you know, it. I think it's his best selling album, but like critically it's like, far and away his, his best received album from, from hip hop fans. It got um, the coveted five mics review in the source. It's like five stars, basically like the source magazine went back when magazine reviews were a big thing. And um, you know, he was named like Artist of the year by a bunch of different rap um, publications and stuff like that. So it was just, it was a, it was a really, important album for him and it was one that kind of cemented his status as like one of the best rappers ever so incredible album please listen to b if you never if you've never listened to it
0: yes that is i think it's a must listen for anyone who just likes music even if you don't really like rap or hip-hop like this is the one
1: Do you want to get into the categories?
0: Yes. So as we do with the music, we do best song, worst song, most singable, and most underrated. All of these things are determined by us. It does not matter what other people think because it is us with the mics right now. So um, (laughs) for Lungs, what did you think was the best song?
1: I picked Blinding. Okay. And this will be kind of a theme for these types of albums, but like, I just like the way it sounded. I don't have a yeah. lot of in-depth analysis for this one. I just, when I, when I listened to the song, this is when the one was like, okay, let me turn this up a little bit louder. Like, I just, I enjoy, I enjoy the style of it. I just like the way it sounded. That's all I got. What did you pick?
0: Um, I picked um, drumming song, which I did not, when I first um was like oh I probably am gonna pick like Cosmic Love or um like Rabbit Heart like one of those songs that's just very like flowy and whatever very crunchy um but like when I was listening to Drumming Song I'm like man this song is also kind of underrated but like it just has so much going on and it just sounds so good and I just want to like lay on my floor and listen to it this whole album I want to do that so that doesn't say a whole lot but I I think it might be the best in terms of just like bringing together all the different sounds and the lyrics it's great
1: I like that song too this was one again this is it's hard for me to pick like best and worst on this one because I just don't I just don't feel like I have the knowledge of the style enough so I have to like kind of immerse myself in this type of music before I can have kind of the language to 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 discern what's what's better and and what's worse. But I liked both of those songs. I did. Um, what did you pick for worst song?
0: Um, I picked "Girl with One Eye." It was hard to pick a worst song because I do like this whole album, like front to back. But that's one that I'm like, well, I'll skip this one if I have yeah. to skip one. What about you?
1: I did my boy built coffins. It's a short one. And I just, again, it's not like, I don't think it's a bad song or anything. It's just kind of like, I get what they're, it's like kind of the, I don't like when a song is too metaphor-y. Okay. If that makes sense. Like I I enjoy when songs are metaphors, but when you're kind of like hitting
0: me over the head with the metaphor, I'm just kind of like, okay, I get it.
1: So that's why I picked that one.
0: Okay. I I feel that. Um, Which one was the most singable to you?
1: Dog Days Are Over which I believe is was the lead single from this yes. I think it's the one that I recognized and I've heard it like in movies so that one for me was was most singable um what about you
0: um You've Got the Love is one that I will just jam out to but Dog Days Are Over is definitely that is the song like Glee did it, it okay, it's been yep. in a bunch of movies. like yes that is the song
1: are you a Glee fan
0: I loved Glee and like, okay. I'm not ashamed of it. I loved Glee when I was in high school and like into college, I still watched it. Um, it wasn't as good, but I enjoyed it. Like I, that was another way how I like learned about new music. Yeah. Because sometimes they would pick songs that were like, not, not something I had heard and they would do something different to it. And then I'd find like the original and the Glee version. And I'd be able to just like, be like, Oh, what do I like better about like Glee covering it? Like there are definitely songs that I'm like, the Glee cover is better than the, or a cover
1: yeah, of some yeah. songs
0: better than the original.
1: I didn't watch Glee, but I wasn't one that was like, oh, I'm too good for Glee or, "I've you know, that's okay. for nerds or whatever. I'm like, listen, I was in band in high school, okay? <laughs> I was in band all four years. Um, our high school did musicals every two years. Every two years, we the drama department would put on a musical, and then I would, I like play drums for two of the musicals in the pit. So, like, I'm used to people singing and dancing and, you know. So, you would have liked it. Yeah, all that stuff is cool with me. I just never, like, this is not a show that I would, like, watch. I do remember that they did a cover of A House Is Not A Home, which is uh, a Luther Vandross song that I love. So, that was cool. Um, And then also, shout out to Naya Rivera. Uh, We love you. R.I.P. Naya Rivera. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Also you were in college when Glee came out, so like you didn't have time to watch Glee.
1: <laughs> yeah, I that's that's true. So I didn't watch a lot of TV. The TV I watched in college was trash, like um trash reality shows, Jersey Shore, um Love Jersey Shore, all the horrible VH1 dating shows, Real Chance of Love and Um Rock of Love, all those. That's what I watched in 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 college. Really, really bad reality TV.
0: Yikes. So, uh,
1: for the love of Ray J
0: which is maybe the
1: worst out of all of them.
0: Uh, I forgot that that was a show.
1: We need, to do a, we need to do a For the Love of Ray J. pot. No, we don't. We really don't. No, we don't. But that would be fun
0: because,
1: man, oh, what a show. Sorry. Sorry for the detour. Um, most, <laughs> most underrated on Lungs, what did you pick?
0: Kiss with a Fist. It's fun. It's fast. It's, I think it's great. Um, what song did you pick Is the most underrated?
1: I picked Howl. Okay. And again it's another one that I just I like the way it sounded.
0: Mm-hmm. Kiss was
1: kissed with the fifth kissed with a fist. I sound like Mike, Mike Tyson out here. <laughs> Kiss with a fifth uh that's a horrible Mike Tyson impression. Um that's so like that to me is um that's the type of like it's not necessary it it's the, that's the type of metaphor that is cool with me Where it's yeah. like the 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 amount of metaphor like that's a good amount of metaphor. I feel like the other one, my boy builds coffins, is like too much metaphor. But like, kiss with the fist is like a good amount of metaphor.
0: Yes. Okay. I, I'm I'm picking up how you're feeling about the songs a little more than with that okay. comparison. Yeah. Um, uh, let's ahead. do
1: you know. Let's do loud. Okay. Um, what did you pick for best song off of Loud?
0: California King Bed.
1: Okay. Why did you pick this one?
0: Um, because I like that it's like a little bit slower without being like not great um like and it's one of the songs that did come out like it was a pretty popular song when it came out and I was like oh I really like this one mm-hmm. probably because I didn't have any I wasn't like oh I don't understand what's going on um mm-hmm. so I do like that I do like knowing what's going on um and I I don't know I like that it just is a pleasant song
1: it's definitely the most unique song to me yeah it's I don't know if I'd ever heard this song before um listening to this album I'd never listened to the album all the way through mm-hmm. but this is one where it's it's kind of like it's got a twing of like country in it a little bit it's yeah. got a little bit of rockishness into it and I was just yeah. like okay I get I mean you have to have one of these on this type of album you have to have like the departure type song on an album so I get it um, it wasn't it wasn't my favorite, but I'm like, I get why I don't think it's a bad song. I get why it's on the album because you have to have songs on, on pop albums that are just a little bit different from the pop mold. So I definitely range. got
0: it. She has range. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. What did you pick for the best song?
1: I picked S and M. It's song? it was a huge hit. Great, great um, great song that, to come on at a bar. Great dance song. That's mm-hmm. it. It's just a great dance song. I did not learn about sex through S Uh M. I, you? I, I, you know, I, I had a little bit more of a I won't even say I had more of a healthy relationship to sex because that would be a lie, but um, not that it was unhealthy or anything like that, but like, you know, I was 20 when this came out, or 21. so um, no 20-year-old has a healthy sex life.
0: That's very accurate.
1: (laughs) But it was good. It was, uh, it was like, it was a one of those songs that's like on the radio a lot that you don't hate. Yeah. So that's that's when a pop song is good when it's when it's everywhere but you don't hate it. And S and M is definitely one of those. So I picked S and M. Would you pick for worst song?
0: Complicated. I just didn't. I didn't vibe with it. I wanted to yeah. kind of yeet it like halfway through the song. I'm like, can I turn this off yet? Yeah. That's not great. I didn't feel good about it. That's why I'm like, oh, of like of the three albums or of the four albums, three of them, it was hard to pick a worse song. This one, I was like, nope, immediately yeah. no.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was smaltzy. I also picked complicated. It's just kind of smaltzy, kind of a smaltzy
0: yeah.
1: breakup song type. I just didn't like it. It's not yeah. a great song.
0: Mm-mm. Um, Would you pick for most singable?
1: What's my name? I uh, it's just the chorus. The Chorus is really singable. Yeah. It's um you know it's got the Drake verse in it, which is kind of like kind of a meh Drake verse for me.
0: Yeah. And
1: this is like this is the era of Drake before he becomes like Drake to me is the biggest act in music. Period. Now. Yeah. And this is kind of before that. He's like super popular at this time, but like he's not on the level he is now.
0: He's still and, Jimmy from Degrassi.
1: Yeah, exactly. Did you watch Degrassi? Yeah. I did too.
0: Okay.
1: I did too. Which is so weird, right? When it's like, damn, d- d- dude from Degrassi is rapping.
0: Yes. Yeah, when people don't realize when I think I saw something where someone was like, "Oh, like Drake thinks he can get into acting," and people are like, "Wait, that's how he started." Exactly. He started on Degrassi.
1: Did you see the video the where he brought back everyone from Degrassi? Yes. I um, loved it. I'm
0: upset. Like, yeah, it's the only reason I like the song is because of the music video. Yeah. And he kind of is like making fun of himself and like does like brings back all the people from Degrassi. Like, it's great.
1: OK, so really quick tangent here on I'm Upset. Drake, there's a lot about Drake that I don't like. Yes. Um, But he releases I'm Upset. He releases the video after Pusha T exposes him for having a secret child or whatever. Mm hmm. Which was like, I don't really care about the man's personal life. I get that it was a diss record and all this other shit. But like, that's, I don't know. Like, I don't care about his private. Yeah. That's like gossipy shit to me. Like, I just don't really care about that. But like, that was a big, that was a big deal. And so he, to me, it's like, he knew that he had the Degrassi card to pull. It was like a break, gla- break glass in case of emergency card. Yep. And, and he used it well. He, he used it. He used it at the right time. Cause I loved the video I saw. I'm just like, oh my god! It's like you know, Page and like all these people come. Like I just loved it. Sorry, so but, fun.
0: It was a yeah. good tangent. No, that was good.
1: Um, God, where were we? Okay, so now we're on most underrated, I believe.
0: Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so I most no no no. no was, yeah, yeah. Sorry.
1: Most important to you on on now. Go ahead.
0: Is S and M just because like I just I have to laugh when I listen to it and all of the jokes that came with it like it's most singable. I will jam to it when it comes on and still be like, man, I can't believe this song was on the radio. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah. But it's amazing to think about. (laughs) It's, it it leads me to a lot of questions about all these other things going on in the world, but that's neither here nor there. Most underrated song off of this album to you.
1: I pick skin. Skin is another uh, song about sex, but it's, you know, it's a good, like, it's a good, like kind of slowish jam kind of, um, you know, one of those hot, you know, sexy, you know, kind of seductive type R&B songs in that mold. And it's not a song that I think is very popular off the album. So I picked it because I think it's good. I just like the song. What did you pick?
0: I picked Raining Men because it has Nicki Minaj on it. And I'm like, this song, Uh like... I was like, how do I not know this song? I like this. I like that they did this collaboration. It's very fun. And like, this should have been one of the songs that was like all over the place. And it wasn't. Yeah. But I was not the one making decisions at that time. I was 17 and could not tell people that they had to listen to songs.
1: I went back and forth between, it was going to be either Skin or Rainy Men. Okay. For, for most underrated for me. So I'm glad you picked it. Cause like I was going hard in between those two. It's a great song. A great Mickey, Nicki Minaj verse, yes. great song in general.
0: Oh, And that was, like, when she was, like, also very popular. Like, it was, like, Rihanna, yeah. Drake, Nicki Minaj. They were, like, just putting out, like, all these songs. Man, that was a good, yeah. good year for music.
1: It was a good era.
0: Oh, it was. Ugh. All right. Best song off of Back to Black?
1: Uh, This was impossible for me. That's I, fair. I, I picked just Friends. Um i but it's this was this was really hard it was really hard to pick one just friends is the one that i think of first though when i think of this album so it's a song about she's talking from the perspective of being interested in this guy and this guy's interested in her and they kind of have this on again off again thing but he's with someone and she's like you know can we at least be friends? Like how can we how can we even be friends when we still have this, you know, chemistry between us or whatever. So I just it's I love the way it sounds, I love the lyrics, it's just it's a great song. What did you pick?
0: I picked Back to Black. I that's a song that I'm just like, oh man, this song I enjoy it so much off yeah. of, I mean, I enjoy like every song off this album, but that one I just am like, oh, I just want to listen to this song.
1: There's a documentary, um, about her about the making of this album and there's footage of her singing back to black in the studio with i think mark ronson is the guy who produced this Mm. this song mark ronson produced a lot of this album and you know he's a super popular producer you know uptown funk and all this other stuff like um But, yeah, the footage of her singing this live in the studio is just, like, uh, stunning. It's just, like, her acapella. Obviously, the music is in her headphones, but, like, you're just seeing her from the outside singing it, and it's just her, and it's just amazing. Great song. Very good song. For Worst Song, and, again, we'll preface it, there are no bad songs in this album. This is correct. Like, there aren't any. So, Um, but with that in mind, like, what did you pick?
0: I picked Rehab and not because I'm like, oh, Rehab's not a good song. Rehab's a great song. Mm. Um, all these other songs are very good. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you know, everyone knows Rehab. Mm-hmm. But like everyone should know the other songs on this album. So yeah, that's how I went with it. It's still a really great song. Would you pick?
1: I picked some unho- Some Unholy War. And just because it's like the song that I listen to the least. Mm -hmm. it's not a bad song it's a great song I just don't like I think of the other songs before yeah I think of this one it's probably like the last song on this album that I think of so that's why I mean it quotes worst is in like the most the biggest quotes here because it's not there's no bad song on this album correct um most singable what did you go with
0: I went with you know I'm no good because that is it's one of the songs I'm like, oh, yeah, like, this is a song that I want to sing in my car. Um, Very low bar in my book for, you know, picking these things. But, like, I think that that song is just so singable. Would you pick?
1: I picked Rehab for this one.
0: Check it's out. just,
1: yeah, it's just the, it's the chorus. Yeah. It's, you know, it was a big song. It was the biggest song on this album. It's probably the biggest song of her career. Yeah. Which kind of sucks because of the content. Um, yeah. of the song like lyrically but
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's definitely it's just you know the it's an easy chorus it's a catchy chorus so that's why i picked this one um it's you know i'm no good is also song. it is it is you know i'm no good is also a great song it was i think it was i'm pretty sure it was the theme song to a tv show uh like an english tv show i can't remember
0: oh, man. but
1: i think but um Great song. Great album. So good. Most well, underrated. What did you put? Sorry. Oh,
0: you're good. Um, most underrated, uh, Tears Dry on Their Own.
1: Incredible song.
0: It's very good. I'm like, I don't feel like this is one that anyone talks about. Um, what did you pick for most underrated?
1: Me and Mr. Jones. So I was back and forth between this for best song, between Just Friends and, and Me and Mr. Ooh, Jones. But I can see that. Great. Some people say that she's referencing Nas. At some point in the hmm. song, because her and Nas apparently had like a little thing at some point, but great song. Tears Dry on their own, also a great song. Samples ain't no mountain high enough by Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. Mm-hmm. Just every every song on this album is just amazing. I love this album so much.
0: Such a good album. What was the best song off of B? To you,
1: this is also a tough one, but I went with Faithful. Uh, there's a live version of Faithful that I love. Um, that's on YouTube. I'll send it to you when we're done. But it's just the singing is great on it. I'm a big John Legend fan. I almost did get lifted. I thought about doing Get Lifted, his his debut album, as my high school as one of my high school picks. But he sings on the song Bilal. Him and Bilal going back and forth at the end, kind of singing as the song fades out, is just uh, amazing. And the lyrics out of it are great too. And I actually wrote a paper in college on the lyrics to Faithful for, I think, my gender and communication class. Hmm. Can't remember. But the first verse of Faithful is him talking about how his point of view would change if, like, if God were a woman. From what he if what he perceives as God to be a woman. Like, how would he, and he uses God as a metaphor for a woman at the same time. And so I, you know, did my little smart-ass thing, and I got an A on the paper, though, so. That's all that matters. Uh, great song. What did you pick?
0: I also picked that because I was appreciative of that perspective, where I was like, huh, imagine God, a woman, and mm-hmm. how would that affect, that would, like, that would mentally hurt a lot of men. And oh, for sure. You know, I'd want to feel bad about it, but, yeah. <laughs> I don't. This song is amazing. <laughs> I thought it yeah. was really good.
1: Yeah, I love it. I really love it. What did you pick for worst song?
0: Um I maybe because I did not listen to B on repeat for six months. So I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't think any of the songs are really that bad. Um mm-hmm. I picked Testify because it was one that I was like, well, I'm I'm like I could skip it and I wouldn't feel yeah. well like, guilt over it, I would probably still want to go back and listen to it again. I really enjoyed the album, so, um, but yeah, that one I was not in love with. What about you, who has listened to the album a lot, a lot?
1: I picked Shy City. It's between Shy City and Testify. These are the two worst songs on the album for me. Okay. Um, Testify is just kind of a weird song. It's like a concept song, and it's just kind of weird, and, like, the album could do without it, and then Shy City is just kind of like. I don't know he's he's his rapping style is better suited to other songs than mm-hmm. shy city in my opinion he's kind of just rapping about nothing in shy city and he's rapping about like how good of a rapper he is mm-hmm. and there are people who do that really well there are people who rap about how good they are at rapping and they do it in a way that's really clever and that's really like swaggery and that's great and like it's just not it's not common strong suit in my opinion. So that's why I picked shy city just like the style of song that it is.
0: Okay. What did you pick for the most singable?
1: I picked go. I think go is the most popular song from this album. It was the lead single. It's, um, I know all the lyrics. (laughs) I mean, I know all the lyrics to most of these songs, but especially go, uh, John Mayer singing the hook on it. Fun fact. He's the one saying the word go. And then, uh, you know, Kanye, it's like kind of John Mayer and Kanye on the chorus, but, uh, that's what I picked. What did you pick?
0: I picked the food mostly again, my, my standard of what I jammed to this in my car. And yeah, that was one that I was like, this is, this is great.
1: It was interesting that they used the version that they did on the, on Chappelle show. So they like, mm-hmm for our listeners who remember Chappelle's show as well uh they used to have um musical guests at the end of every episode and they used the version that Kanye and Common performed like live on that not, not live but like the recorded version from that show they used on the album so interesting great song though
0: most underrated song
1: most underrated they say another John Legend one another Kanye song on here Kanye has a verse on there I love the sample. Uh, what's uh, it samples? Let me look it up. I can't remember the song that it samples. It samples uh, "Ghetto Child," yeah, uh, uh, song by um, Ahmed Jamal. Just a, a great sample. This is another version of Kanye trying to in, um, imitate Jay Dilla. He's not as good as Jay Dilla, but he tries to like kind of copy his style in a song like this, but I love it. I remember hearing it for the first time and being like, "Oh my god, I love this." So, what did you pick?
0: I picked The Corner. Um as someone who does not I I think Go, I did know is a very popular song. I just didn't know it, but I think like The Corner is that a popular song?
1: It is. And now that I think about oh, okay. it, I think The cor- I think The Corner it's not as popular as Go, but I think yeah. The Corner I think The Corner is the is the lead single. I think The Corner was the first Single oh, released on the album, and then it was go, but go kind of go was like the the song that was i mean it's the most like kind of poppy sounding, so it was yeah it was it was the song that kind of took over the album, so to speak, but people definitely know go more than they know the corner
0: well, they should know the corner more than they should know go
1: yeah, great song
0: very good song, very good album, four good albums.
1: This was a really fun episode. These this were really fun, fun, really fun albums to talk about. I'm so glad that I got to talk about all of these albums really, but especially these yes. the back to black back to black and B, because those are very important albums to me.
0: It was really good and it was really fun and I hope that all of you are listening. Um, do check out these albums. They're really good. They are, you know, you have nowhere to be. Listen to the these songs.
1: Exactly. Stay at home don't go to the bars. Pretend you're at the bar and then put on loud.
0: Yeah, exactly. Have a party in your living room with yourself.
1: Now, you don't know which albums you're doing next. Next, Our next episode is college albums, and you don't know what you're doing next. Sorry. I
0: do not, and let's be real, it'll probably be some more crunchy stuff, so <laughs> expect <to> that, <laughs> and you also don't know.
1: I don't. I have no idea. I, at this point, I usually have at least one that I'm for sure on, and I I don't at all, so I'll do my best to get that to you
0: tomorrow so we can listen all right well and then everyone will know on tuesday
1: exactly that
0: will be great but thank you all for listening we'll talk to you next week
1: thanks everyone